and welcome to Share, Learn, Connect. Whether you are listening in the car, the gym, at your desk, on site, whilst you clean your floors or take your dog for a walk. This is a monthly podcast series where fellow Downer employees talk about how to embrace difference through leadership. You are going to hear them share their stories of resilience and personal growth and reflect about pivotal moments in their personal and professional lives. I am Georgia Lutby and I would like to begin by acknowledging the traditional custodians of the various lands on which we meet today. Downer employs people across more than 300 sites, primarily in Australia and New Zealand, but also in the Asia-Pacific region, South America and Africa. We pay our respects to the Elders past, present and emerging and recognise and celebrate the diversity of First Peoples across all of the various lands, their ongoing cultures and connections to land, sea and community. You are going to love our topic and guest today where we talk about all things relationships. Relationships certainly are a big part of our lives. Whilst it's true that in both personal and professional relationships, people should respect one another and strive for absolute excellence, it's also true that the stakes are very different in the two types of relationships. Our guest today is no stranger to this month's topic and it's with great excitement that I introduce you to Nikki pateri Colley. Nikki is a senior leader within Downer and is also a member of the Facilities and Asset Services Leadership Team. Welcome, Nikki! Can you start by telling us a little bit about yourself? Thanks, Georgia. I've been in the construction and engineering industry for many years. I started with a civil engineering cadetship and then went on and did further studies in business, accounting and strategy. On a personal note, I'm a very understanding husband, which is why I'm able to do the work that I do and also have two adult children. Today's conversation and one of the things that came out most about you, Nikki, was about relationships creating success, which obviously mm. is a big part of Downer and relationships are so important within the Downer landscape. And so I wanted to ask you, what do relationships mean to you and how have they changed your career or brought you to where you are now? It's a really broad question. I mean, relationships touch everything that we do. It creates the teams that we work in. It creates the relationships, Create you know, is what we create with our customers to deliver value relationships underpin every part of our lives you know relationships at home relationships you know outside of work that's awesome and we'll mm. touch on that as we go through we'll come back to that mm. relationships and I think that's been a really strong part of how you got to where you are based on your hard work and the relationships as well mm. you grew up in a Greek family in Dolby mm, I did can you tell me a little bit about that what was your upbringing well I was born in Dolby it was wonderful you know mum and dad owned the, the fish and chip shop in the main street of the town which is pretty pretty typical for a Greek family so I grew up going to school and then going back to the shop after work and pigging out on all the lollies and milkshakes and ice creams and you know I grew up had so many fish and chips and I hated <laughs> chips you know, I had too many of them. Do you still hate them? <laughs> no, no, no. I sort of got over that in the last few years. Uh, um, it was a really wonderful time. Um, I was there till I was about 10 years of age. You know, both my parents having been born in Greece, they spoke Greek in the household. It was my first language. So I had a strong sort of sense of the Greek culture that was sort of embedded in me throughout that time. So and what is that Greek culture? Very strong sense of family. Um, if you take the movie, My Big Fat Greek Wedding, that's it. Awesome. I love it. And those 
those mm. early days growing up in the fish and chip shop and going to school and then mm. coming back to the fish and chip shop, what sort of values do you think that instilled in you from that really early age? Um, I would work in the shop as well while I was picking yep. up on the ice creams. And I so I learned how to take money, uh, you know, like make milkshakes, take money, put in the cash register and all that. So I've got a sense of, of what it was to be in business as a child, though, watching mum and dad work hard. What was the multicultural landscape like in Dolby? Was somebody mm. from Greek heritage? It's interesting, you know, I never realised I was not Aussie while I was living in Dolby, if you know what I mean. I had, we had the Greek culture and, and that is very strong, but I didn't feel different until I moved to Brisbane. And why is that, do you think? Um, the first time I encountered racism was when I wow. moved to Brisbane. Like, even to the point when I was 13, my grandmother wanted to take me back to Greece for a few months. And she said, come along, you can come and spend six months with me over in Greece and go to school there. And I went, no, no. I actually, she, she really tried hard to convince me. I would not go because I didn't want to be Greek. So you really detached yourself from the yeah, culture in those early days. Yeah, it tore me down. And mm. how do you think that's changed you from those days in school to now in your career? The that... one pet hate of mine above all else is racism. Yep. You know, we, we make judgments about people because they look a certain way or they come from a certain culture. Yep. And that's the one thing that just I cannot tolerate. And I think that's what that's created. How dare you pass judgment on me because I look a little bit different to you. Absolutely. And mm. I think, I guess one of the main topics mm. today is relationships. And I think mm. from what, from my observation, from you growing up with that, relationships are so important to you now and, and that understanding of other people and not, yes. not judging people based on what they look like or where they came from, but based on mm. who they are and what they've done. Is, is that a fair observation? Yes. After those formative years and, and you've left school, what did you want to be when you grew up? Well, I didn't know. So um, I took 12 months off and I started thinking about what are my options then. I said, oh, I wonder what engineering's all about. And um, my uncle, my mother's brother, happened to be an electrical engineer in Sydney. So I um, asked him, I said, Uncle Moscow, tell me, what does an engineer do? What's involved in engineering? And his response was, listen, don't worry about it. Girls don't do engineering. So you decided to study engineering. What was it like in that course? Um, I was the only female in all my classes, which isn't a surprise, I guess. The course itself was wonderful. Like, it was great. I never really experienced anything different there. I even had a female lecturer in um, one of my latter years, um, and I remember that. Because so she stood out. Because she was a female Absolutely. lecturer. Did you find it hard in those early days at uni looking around and being the only female? I didn't really think twice. The only time... I felt any sort of um, sense of being out of place or discrimination was during my cadetship. Not to begin with, as when I went into somebody's team who didn't believe women belonged in engineering. And can you tell me a little bit more about that experience? So to begin with, you know, I had a really good experience, good bosses uh, in the in the public service at the time. The hierarchy was based on the size of your chair. Can you explain that to me? Like physically, the size of your chair? So, yeah, so the chief construction engineer sat in his office and he had a throne, basically, you know, a nice big comfy chair with arms, you know, yeah. high back and all of that. And then right down the other end of the spectrum was a little round stool with no back, no sides. And in the middle you had, um, you know, the chairs with the back, no arms. Then you had the bigger chairs and then, you know, like if you can imagine a hierarchy in chairs. <laughs> Um, so I arrived and I was, I think it was in my second year or third year, and whilst all my peers had um, a chair with a back, I was given a stool, little round stool. Wow. 
So you and did, sat in the corner. How so, did you feel? Yeah, just I guess it took me a while to understand it. I was grateful I had a big brother who was uh, in Crown Law at the, at the time, who was in the public service, and I started telling him about it, and he was really pissed off to hear about it. And and I would get all the crap works and stuff and but then it came time for my performance review and I thought I did some pretty good work and I was certainly getting good feedback from everybody in the office and stuff like that but he gave me a scathing review and marked me right down the bottom for everything and back in those days um, there's there was always an a room at the back of the review for the the person me to provide my feedback but the done thing was not to provide any feedback yourself you just take what's given to you and it gets processed because if you fill anything in there it goes to the public service board Ah. and um, so it was a bit of a no-no it was known to be a no-no you just don't put anything Mm. there and um, my big brother coached me and he goes you're going to write it and you're going to write it all and just going to do it so I did and I gave my critique of him as a manager and, and what he had done and he was pissed big time but what I found through that though so yes it did go to the public service board he went right up to the commissioner and then to the public service board the deputy commissioner of water resources turned out to be a great supporter of mine wow. he took me aside he understood he spoke to me and you know basically said good on you for calling it out and yeah so then I sort of felt supported so um and then he moved on <laughs> wow and so that experience do you think that impacts you now as a leader in the business in terms of how you work with your team members and perhaps your more junior team members especially oh definitely I think I think so I think one it, it was great because it gave me courage thankfully I had my brother behind me to to do that to help me because I would never have I would never have done it if he hadn't pushed Absolutely. me to um but it sort of gives you it, ga- it gives me a recognition now of of how the power imbalance in organizations and how we can easily without realizing it put people in a position like that where they feel unsupported or not in control or, or whatever so it, it sort of does give me that lens absolutely mm. and I think that shows through in mm. terms of definitely seeing you with and your approach towards graduates for example I know that you take a take a lot of time to work with them and develop them and bring them into your team and I think that obviously shows now I hear your story I can see exactly where that comes from and and, and what started that so you worked in that role and I understand you went back to study is that right? I did. And, and what sparked that decision? Well, after six years in that engineering role, I couldn't see a future for me actually in engineering as a woman. So I thought the only way I was going to make it, because I love the construction industry, the only way I was going to make a career and get anywhere was if I did business. Mm-hmm. And so that's why I went back and, and studied a Bachelor of Business and did some IT on the side of that as well. And were you working at that same time as studying mm-hmm. that course yep. in engineering? No. Um, I had a couple of jobs as I sort of transitioned into that accounting space and eventually joined Tease. And what was that experience like compared to where you'd been prior to that? Oh my god, it was <laughs> it was very different to government, it was wonderful. They really took development of their people seriously and they would rotate us every six months so everybody in the function had to have had experience at site. Wow. So it gives you that lens of the whole business and it was wonderful wonderful experience sounds like that's why I'm very passionate about our people that work in functions getting out to see the operations because only then can you really understand where the money's made and also the conditions people have to work in 
story about you being invited by your boss to his place of residence for a oh, meal? Yeah. Can you share that? That's the managing director. It wasn't director. my direct boss. Okay. So if you want to talk about culture, yep. I think really epitomised what that actually means. So yes, so about six weeks or eight weeks after I started as an assistant accountant, everybody in that building got an invitation to Martin Albrecht's house for dinner one night. So we went along there and uh, it was on a Saturday night. Um, he had a beautiful home. Went to the front door and uh, there was Martin standing at the front door greeting guests as they came in. And as soon as I showed up, he put his hand out and he said, Nikki, so glad you could come here tonight. Thank you very much for coming. And I hear you did civil engineering. Wow. And I was just gobsmacked. I mean, he remembered my name. He obviously had a, probably had somebody sitting behind him <laughs> whispering in his ear. But the fact that he cared enough to actually address me by name and then, my God, he actually knew where I'd come from and what I'd studied. It's like... Holy cow. Yeah, that's amazing. <laughs> he's a legend. So, and he is to this day. He's a legend. That is so yeah. And how did you feel going to that dinner? I was excited. I didn't know what to expect. Um, was I nervous? A little bit because I was still new and I was still getting to know people. Yeah, it was great. And what impact did that experience have on your the rest of your time? Well, that was a great introduction to what it was like to be there because they did that sort of thing a lot, I found after that. You know, they, they um, really celebrated their people and, their, you know, the success of their people. And, you know, values were very, very strong, very important. You know, the value of respect, everybody's time is valuable. And if you turn up at a meeting five minutes late, that's a show of disrespect. And, and that still stands today because I noticed you were a couple of minutes early to a meeting. So it's obviously <laughs> one of those long, long-standing yeah. belief systems. Mm. I understand you at some point you decided to start a family and to, and to mm. step away. And I understand that you resigned from your role at that point. Is that right? Yeah. Can you talk me a little yeah. about that decision and how you came to that? Well, back then, maternity leave wasn't a real thing. But what really drove me with that from a personal point of view I know and recognize I'm a bit of a perfectionist and I knew I couldn't do both things at the same time to the standards I would expect and so I guess I made the call then to resign mind you I did resign but I uh, basically they had me on the hook the whole time so I was out of the permanent workforce for about six or seven years but and this is a lesson and a lesson that I've sort of held on to and I think it's a lesson for all leaders that my manager he stayed in contact with me throughout the whole time and he would continue ringing me up saying oh we've got this project I need you to come back and do this you know it's only a few months but you know you can set your own hours and he would just keep me on the hook that you know only you can do it Nikki and when I'd turn up it's like anybody could have done this. But it made me feel like I was still connected to the organisation. And do you think that Nikki, growing up in Dolby and the fish and chip shop with a Greek family, would be proud of Nikki now? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, <laughs> I think so. You made me cry. Oh, you? sorry, Nikki. <laughs> I'm gonna give you a big hug. <laughs> yeah, no, I think I think she would be very proud, and I think that many listening will be very inspired. I think you have a the legacy that one day when you leave down are one of mm. of admiration and and someone who takes the time for people and who genuinely cares. So I think it'll be thank well you. and truly there. It means a lot. Thank you very much for your time, Nikki. It has been such a pleasure to speak with you today. Thanks, Georgia. See ya. See ya. <laughs>
I hope that you have enjoyed listening to my conversation with Nikki today as much as I enjoyed recording it. It was such a pleasure to hear her share stories about relationships and how they've created success for her over the years, both personally and professionally. It was such a pleasure hearing her share her memories of meeting with the managing director at his home and how the connection that he built with her has left such a lasting legacy on her as a person and also on her professional leadership style. And before we finish up, I would like to take the time to acknowledge the Yagura people, the traditional custodians of the land where this episode has been recorded. Make sure you tune into next month where I speak to a brand new guest about a brand new topic as we continue to share, learn, connect. Our producers are Darby Martinelli and Melanie Blows and I'm Georgia Lutby. Thank you for listening.